previously on Just Cow in the City. It's a pretty good night for a Monday night. We don't sell Jack Daniels here, we don't serve Southern Comfort, and we don't serve anything by Anheuser-Busch. It's a form of torture. Shout out something like that is what I actually meant to say. Darling, you, you're wonderful if I could just... The lights are out the hall. I'm like, Dad, thanks for nothing. I could have had balls by the time I got back, jerk off. You have nothing to say to 16-year-old girls. That's because he's an ass He's always in trouble As if he was a third grader He's like Barney Rubble He seems pretty dumb But he always has fun Just cow in the city Sometimes he's witty when the pressure is low. Just cow in the city. He's dynamite. Podcast should be on the radio. Hello, everybody, and happy Halloween on this October 31, 2023 edition of Just Cow in the City. I would say it's a Halloween edition. But it is so not. It is more like a November 1st edition, as there will be really no Halloween stories whatsoever. Although, taping this on Friday, going to a Halloween party on Saturday, which will be... And then you explain that the next week. You know you know, I got this thing. I'm like, you know, hey, November 1st, Halloween's over. I can't stand when it comes on, like if the 31st comes on a Friday and somebody has their party on November 1st. No, I will not go to that. November 1st, I want those decorations down. It, 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 November 1st, it's over. You got to have your Halloween party before Halloween. You have Halloween, and then it is over. It's November. It's just over. It's over, Johnny. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. Yeah, because uh, it sucks after that. Just absolutely sucks after that. I feel I feel like there's something wrong with my um, taping today. It feels tinny. It feels tinny. Uh, you'll let me know. I don't know why I'm feeling like the sound quality isn't correct today, but um, hopefully it is and everything's fine. Anyway, what I wanted to say is welcome to the show. I hope everybody had or is having a pleasant Halloween. I got a great show for you today in the sense of, like I said, it's more of a November 1st show. It has nothing to do with Halloween and it is a true Just Cow in the City show in the sense of we have a lot of city stories to give you today. City stories. The reason some of you may listen in the outskirts of the country or from other places. I'm going to tell you about living here in New York City and really how horrible it is, mostly, because I know I keep complaining about it. I mean, certainly there is excitement to it, but everybody's been down on living here lately it's very dangerous. Things have changed. It is just not the same since COVID. You know how much I want to move out, but I still live in the city and do somehow, sometimes take advantage of city-like things. 
even though it's absolutely horrible. What I'm going to tell you today is uh, you'll be like, you know what? I'm glad I don't live in New York City, even though some of you might be like, gosh, I've always wanted to live there. No. <laughs> I'm not going to get down on it. I'm just telling you all the stuff that I did today or did this week uh, city-wise. And when I say all, I mean, I don't know, like three things. But this week, I'm, I'm a little... I don't know whether I'm going to have a bonus show this week. I don't... Right now, I, I can't know how I would put it together because... Again, taping this on Friday, I got a show tonight in New Jersey at that Rutherford place. Not the typical show. It's like a, obviously, I'll explain this to you next week. It's it's a marriage show, and I'm going to get married on stage. I'm kidding. Uh, it's a show talking about marriage. It's like a, what would you say it? Like a talk back, like a, it's like a Q&A. I don't know. They asked me to do it. They pay. I'm like, sure. So I figure, okay, so, so also... You, you wouldn't know this. I'm telling you this for the first time. We're planning um, like a, a special Billy Joel thing, you know, for our podcast, Billy Joel A to Z, which we're doing on Monday at that Rutherford place because Paul Lauren's in town and we wanted to get together and tape record together. So since I'm bookending my, quote, weekend in Rutherford, New Jersey, I figure, well... I'll just stay there. I got to go to Asbury Park on Saturday. So I figure I'll go Friday. I'll stay at my sister's. I'll work Saturday. I'll go to Asbury Park. That way, I was going to stay at my mother's. You know, that means I got to wake up at 5 in the morning, get to my mom's by 8, you know, work, and then go. I'm like, that's a pain in the ass. Now I can, you know, wake up at a decent hour, do the work, go to Asbury Park, come back at a decent hour, Stay at my sister's where I don't have to go all the, you know, an hour and a half drive after partying. You know what I mean? Now it'll just be 40 minutes. That's a big difference. Big difference. Cuts it in half. And uh, work there again on Sunday and Monday and then just go to the the, the, the venue again on Monday. I Why not? Right? I mean, it's like if I can work from there. So that's. The reason with the bonus show, I usually put the bonus show together on Sundays. Anyway, is this interesting at all? I don't know. I'm just telling you how next week's show is already going to go. Oh, but I will tell you my Halloween costume is so brilliant. And I think maybe I've told you this before. I hate dressing up for Halloween. I mean, I just hate it. I never know what to wear unless I know something in specific. But usually I just put on a hat or something. I don't know why. You know, there's people that love dressing up for Halloween. You know that. And then there's the people who just really don't give a shit. And I don't know why that person's me. You would think I would be Halloween is the greatest, but I want to look good, right? I mean, I want to look, I always want to look, try and look good. You know, whatever, when I wear what I wear, I'm like, well, this is the best I can do. At least I'm trying. Unlike Jeff Ross, you know, who doesn't care, which I'm still fascinated by. Uh, he just doesn't care. It's amazing. He's doing his one-person show, which I guess I'm going to see next week. And, you know, I think he'll just probably wear a T-shirt. And I'm like, geez, I'd, I'd probably wear a jacket and tie for a show or something. You know what I'm saying? He just doesn't care. And it's so I wish I was more like that. But I just what I usually do is I just dress up. Um, I wear a jacket. And I just bought a uh, a headset, like, with the curly thing that goes in your ear and i just go as a secret service guy that way i can wear a jacket i can wear jeans well you probably shouldn't wear jeans if you're secret service but i don't care uh i put on some glasses and that that's the costume 
you know, looking good, feeling to feeling good, and then I can always talk into my wrist, and uh, you know, if the conversation is boring me, I'm like, yeah, go for David. Hey, I gotta get going. I'll see you guys later. And then I take off, and people are like, wait a minute, is that really connected? <laughs> Leaves them guessing. Geez, one year. I don't know whether I should tell you that. I mean, there's really no reason not to tell you. I guess I dressed like that one year. You said 10, 15 years ago, or more than that. I don't know when. You know, when my friend, uh, when Howard Stern's friend, my friend Ross Aben and Steve Klein used to have a big party in Times Square. And I dressed like that, I think. This girl just came up. She's like, oh, I hate my boyfriend and it's my birthday and he sucks. Do you want to come over to my house and have sex? And I'm, and you know me, I'm, you, you immediately want to try. Do I want to come over? Would I? Because what he's saying is eventually. And, um, but this time, I was dressed in my costume and feeling like a man. <laughs> so I just said, yes, I do. And, uh, and, and that is what happened. I mean, how hot is that? And this is a girl that I had always wanted to uh, fool around with. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a story then. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, let alone it's a story, but it's, uh, everybody's like, oh, I heard you left the party. Typical Jessica just leaves without telling anybody. I'm like, no, 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 you don't know what happened. Uh, it's a classic story and that um, when I indeed do write a book about uh, all the girls I've uh, hung around with, uh, <laughs> everyone is a classic story. Every single one has a story that seems to begin that way. So uh, why wouldn't I dress like that again? Like every year after that. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Anywho, Halloween, huh? Am I right? So let me just tell you what happened. Let's start with uh, my, our friend Memo, Guillermo Salazar. And uh, his daughter, who we love, Varen, who we want to put on the show again, as our friend Hannah has requested multiple times, as do you, Mr. and Mrs. Front Porch. Memo's birthday was in September, but for some reason he had his party last Saturday night at the bar he owns, Solid State, which Gabriel and I went to a, l- a long time ago, right? So I guess he's owned that bar for quite a while. It's a pinball bar. Owned by that little person I always get into a fight with every uh, five years or so. <laughs> I'm glad I went because it seems like it, it was his 50th and a lot of people came around that I hadn't seen in many years to do it, including my friend Lawrence and Lee, uh, which was really nice. So uh, I worked and then it started at five o'clock because I guess it was for kids. And, you know, you could bring your kids to this bar on this particular occasion. So it started at five. So I finished work i showered i went over and i'm like i guess there's no other better way to get over there than the train and i don't know whether you know but i'm going to tell you the city stuff there's a seven train it's called the number seven train and normally it goes from grand central to queens and they've extended it and stuff but it never works on the weekends going to queens so you have to do all this transferring and everything although it wouldn't have mattered for me i do the same thing so first of all i don't I'm not taking the subways anymore, at least until only when it rains, right? I try never to take the subway. The subways suck, even though they are a very efficient way to get around. Now that I work two or three times a week, you know, in an office, I try not to take the subway. You know, I take the bike every day to avoid taking the subway, not because it's dangerous or anything, just because it sucks. I hate it. And I just want to stay outdoors. As a matter of fact, I will tell you that the bike ride has been 
so horrific. Like, it's not horrific. Like, Monday mornings, it's not horrible. But if I have to get home on Monday, especially on Tuesdays when we do the show, I have to be home by 6 o'clock. I leave work at 4. I got to be home by 6. I got to kind of rush home. So I always take the bike home. Now, I've been thinking about getting a scooter, like a motorized scooter that a lot of people, you know, have in the bike lane. This is the problem with the bike lane, a very small bike lane. Remember, I showed you that picture on the Queensboro Bridge of the tiny bike lane. Well, it's the same thing on Second Avenue. It's a very tiny bike lane. And there's a lot of motorcycles on it, you know, motorcycles that can go about 50 miles an hour. Then there's electric bikes, different than the city bikes, which are more um, pedal assist bikes. These are actually motorbikes and people on scooters and other crazy cyclists who think they're doing a marathon on a stupid bike lane in New York City. So it's extremely dangerous, let alone, as I've told you before, the fact that the now the cars aren't parked on the sidewalk because of the bike lanes. So when a car makes a left-hand turn, if you're not from the city and you're not recognizing the bike lanes, you're going to die. You know, I'm going to bump into a car. You know I've hit multiple cars uh, because it's just the way it works here. It's a horrible place to ride a bike, but it is an efficient way to get around, especially if you don't want to take the stupid subway. So going to work on a Monday now since COVID isn't too bad. It's very quiet. I'm talking about leaving at 7 in the morning. Nobody there on Tuesday picks up again. Monday, nobody goes into work, so it's different. Uh, but Tuesdays, Wednesdays, it's there's a lot of people on the in the bike lane, and it's frustrating. But coming home is ten times worse because then it's four o'clock in the afternoon, and everyone's in the bike lane. You should see it up in my neighborhood, just crossing First Avenue. There's at least ten bikes in a row while you're at a light. You know that you got to be careful about. It's it's a lot of bike traffic, a lot of bike traffic, and it looks like one of those old-fashioned pictures from like Finland. You know, people that used to that kind of started or China that, you know, are good about riding bikes places before people figured it out here in the city. And it's just terrifying. There's also the the pavement is a mess. There's so many bumps. It's extremely dangerous. I've told you this a hundred times. And my nerves are in a, a knot Every day when I go home, at least. When I go there, for some reason, it's not as bad. But coming home, oh, my God, even going through Wall Street, oh, my God. I know you don't know about Wall Street, but every road is small. You're sharing the lane with the cars. It's a disaster, and it's really scary. It's so easy to you know run over pedestrians, too, because nobody thinks cars are going to go through these lanes. I, I don't know how to describe it. But it's a it's a horrible place to drive Wall Street, the fi- financial district, or bike. It's not a horrible place to walk around, but it's it's different than the midtown area. So I just get really uptight, and I just try and go. I just say to myself, "I'm going to take it slow. I'm not going to rush. I'm just you know taking it one pedal at a time." But and then you know I finally get to First Avenue, which is a straight shot up, but it's still terrifying. It's just people passing, people stopping the cars. It really makes you nervous. So I decided, so first I decided maybe if I'm going to start working Wednesdays again, maybe I'll get a scooter, a motorized scooter, because then I can zip home, kind of put my stuff down and then maybe go out 
especially on Tuesdays. You know, even though I was nervous about getting that scooter because I'm afraid I'm not going to walk again. I mean, in the sense of walking for exercise. So I was nervous about getting it, but I found one that's like $40 a month and it does look like it would just easy to get down. I mean, you miss the exercise, but just like, I just want to get home really quick and then go out and then you can do the bike and everything because, you know, I don't want to carry that scooter around. But if I just took it to work and home and then went out, it's not a horrible plan because I can't handle the two computers on my knapsack. I, I, I just can't have a good, pleasant evening on a Wednesday, which technically would be my Friday, walking around with that stupid knapsack. And like, I don't want to go home if it takes all that time to get out. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm thinking about, right? So I'm thinking about getting a scooter. Meanwhile, I'm like, for now, I got to switch it up because the going home has been mentally draining on the bike. And I don't want to take the subway and I don't want to take the bus anymore. God, it sucks. So there is another way to go. Where Manhattan is, it 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 it, it corners its it what what would you say? It intersects every the west and east side intersect where I work by the Staten Island Ferry. It's the end of the island. That's why there's water. That's where the Statue of Liberty is. So I could go home on the east side or the west side. I live on the east side. Obviously, that's the way I usually go home. It's quicker. But if I go on the west side. There is a true, dedicated, not just bike path, but like a like a joyful path, a bigger path that's like park-ridden, and to the left is the Hudson River. I mean, it's beautiful. And you can really kind of relax and enjoy your bike ride on this path. But it's an extra $2 on the bike, it's an extra 20 minutes, and it's an extra 2 and something miles to take that path because then at some point on 52nd street i gotta cross i gotta go across and enter back into that horrible city traffic however 52nd street has a pretty good nice size bike path so that's what i did the last two days on monday and tuesday i tried this way and i said well let me check it out even though it takes longer like i said 20 minutes longer two dollars extra on the the next gen bikes and two miles extra. But you know what? It's kind of worth it. The ride up is just so much more relaxing until I get to 52nd Street. I'm like, all right, now going across town, you know, we're going to have the problem again. But boy, I'm telling you, what a difference. What a difference. You're just not all panicked and nervous going up that. It's it's beautiful. I, I, I'm telling you, I got to get a GoPro camera and and video so you see on the bonus show the ride i take down or up the way i was talking about and then the difference that you would see in the, in the around the hudson river i mean it's night and day and i really do need to document it somehow i just uh well, I, all i gotta do is just get a camera right i don't have cameras that like kind of strap on like with an elastic band like a flashlight or something maybe i could do that or maybe they, they probably make helmets with, I, I don't wear a helmet. I should probably start wearing a goddamn helmet. I mean, every time I take that bike, I'm like, you know, today's going to be the day. I know it. It's, it's, it's horrible. And yet, of course, it provides a lot of action and entertainment because every day is a true crapshoot. Of course, every day living in the city is a crapshoot. But, you know, when you're taking the bike, it, especially as, as an older gentleman, <laughs> it's pretty fucked up 
It is entertaining. You have to admit that. So that's uh, what I say. So anyway, I'll do anything not to take the subway. And that's what pisses me off, that on a Saturday, I have to take the fucking subway to go to a party. Man, this sucks. I'm like, there's no other way out there because that stupid motor scooter, you know, you can't go over the bridge. And I'm like, I am not taking a bike to get the motor scooter to do that. Blah, blah. Plus, it was raining. Yeah, I think it was raining. Maybe it had stopped raining. Whatever the case may be, it wasn't a pleasant evening. So I know I got to take the uh, the train. Now, I know I can take either the R, the N, or the W, the yellow trains, and stop at Queensboro Plaza, or Queens Plaza and catch the 7, and it drops me right in front of Memo's Bar. It's like, I don't know, four stops. It couldn't be easier, really. But I wasn't thinking I got on the wrong goddamn train. I was like, you got to be, and it was packed. I was standing, and I'm like, I need this on the weekends? I understand when I have to stand on the weekdays, but I need this on the weekends? Everybody on this train sucks. Everybody that lives in Queens sucks. I don't want to be with these people. I've done this already in my life. I'm angry that I have not moved on. And these people suck. And this is why I don't live out in Queens. These people that have to take subways on the weekends suck. Yeah, that's my theory, and I'll stick by it. I don't want to ever have to take a subway. You're going to take one just for entertainment purposes. even worse. So I needed to take the N train or the W, which goes outdoors. And I'm like waiting. Oh, we'll be outdoors soon. We'll be outdoors soon. And then it doesn't come. And I'm like, holy shit, I took the wrong train. I just hopped right on it. Wasn't paying attention. And I had to go out of my way. I had to go further to Jackson Heights and Roosevelt Avenue, which is further than my stop, then come back on the 7. But I tried to remain calm. I'm like, I know what I got to do. It just sucks. And who knows what's going on in the subway these days and all this kind of stuff. And you have to put this Hamas thing into perspective as well when you're walking around the city because this does come up later in our podcast today. The fear of just being in the city and uh, some sort of, uh, you know, I don't know, Palestinian attack or something. Who the fuck knows what's happening anymore? It's a disaster. All these people protesting pro-Palestine and the, you know, right in the, on 42nd Street and stuff. It's right in the neighborhood. It's not good. Well, I finally get to the bar and I see Lawrence and Lee like right away, which is great. They're just sitting at the bar because they don't know anybody, but it's great. And then I just go in further and... It, it's really fun. The kids are there. You know, I saw Memo's kid, and it's great. And I see um, my friend Chris, who I hadn't seen. I, I mean, I his kid's all grown up now. I saw her when she was just a baby. So, you know, that's exciting to see all these people. And then I saw all these people that I haven't seen since making Turbocharge. That's uh, right. That's where I met them all. These were the kindest, sweetest people that worked on my horrible film, Turbocharge, and spent an entire summer commuting from Boston or Washington, D.C. on the weekends to do this film that is available on Amazon Prime. And it's really great. But I, as you know, am horrible with names and faces. Absolutely horrible. So I don't remember. I remember everybody. I just don't know who they are. They're like, hey, it's great to see you. And I'm like, you know, if you're bald now, if you're fat now, I what? I don't know who you are. So when they introduce themselves to me, I'm Dave, this first guy. 
Dave. And I'm like, oh my God, of course. You came all the way from Washington, D.C. all the time. Hey, how was that thing where you do? You went to Canyon. Then I remember everything. Everything floods back. I just need the initial introduction. And then I, I met his kid. So, you know, then it's fine. I just don't, I didn't expect these people to be there. And they're confused. They're, they all seem to know me, which, of course, is delightful. Uh, I mean, who could forget? <laughs> anyway, then this girl, Anita, comes up to me. Now, she's got, I think, gray curly hair. So I'm like, I, do we know each other? She's like, yeah, it's me, Anita. Um, and, I'm, and, and I'm like, oh, my God, of course. Once she said her name, I knew exactly who it was. I'm like, we went on a date once. You're a professor at Rutgers. I remember, do you still like fireball shots of whiskey? And do you still hang out at that bar? Like, then I remembered everything. So then everybody's happy. Like, oh, he does remember. You know what I'm saying? Because it sucks not remembering names and faces. I hate that about myself. I've told you a hundred times, it's how you get better in life. It's like, that's what Bill Clinton was really good at. Remembering names and faces. Oh, it's so important. And I am horrible at it. But once the person reminds me, I remember everything. And she's like, oh, this is my partner. And I'm like, eh, here we go. You know, she got a boyfriend already or something. And I'm like, what? The two people introduced their, their partners. They're, they were men and women. But partners, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's just like, that's why I'm glad I'm doing this show on Friday about marriage. Because I'm like, this is weird. Everybody, I, I don't know. Maybe marriage isn't a thing anymore. I, I don't know. I, I, I still have hope. It's all, I'm going to get married still. But um, I don't want to introduce anybody as my partner. It's either girlfriend or, or wife. And that's, that's, that's it. Old man, Just Gav says. So the, I remember everything. She's like, yeah, we got to hang out again. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I know a girl who lives by you. I mean, we can all hang out. It'll be fun. And, um, and it would be fun. She was really nice. And, of course, I'd love to talk to another professor, <laughs> you know, because we can. I think she's a professor of, is it architecture or agriculture? I think it's agriculture. I can't remember. But she's a complete professor at Rutgers. We have a lot of notes to compare, obviously, being, you know, professors. So it was great. Then this girl, Karen, comes up, and I, I didn't recognize her. And she, I'm like, oh, my God, do you still have that boyfriend that you probably shouldn't be with, but you should be, but he's a great guy, but you're mean to him? And she's like, oh, yeah, we broke up. And I'm like, yeah, I figured, you know, whatever. <laughs> like it's, it, it's, it's fascinating how I remembered everybody once they told me who they were. I am so bad. I mean, I have not seen these people in probably at least 15 years, all of them. Which doesn't seem that that long, really, but but it is. People, you know, all their kids are grown up or whatever. So I'm having an okay time, but you know, I'm always I'm by myself all the time. I was going to invite somebody to come with me. I mean, I'd like to invite my friend Tithi, but she's got to be 21 first, even though she probably wouldn't have had to that night. But you know what I'm saying? I just I don't want to invite her out until she's of age. It's just too weird. And um, I told you I met the, the the girl in the coffee shop across the street. And she was like, "Yeah," you know, she's like, uh, "Do they? Do you have to be over twenty one?" And I'm like, oh, "Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? I just keep meeting people that are twenty. What is happening?" Again, this must be why I'm a uh, you know I like teaching or something. I'm like, "Well, this is my wheelhouse. I'm friends with twenty year olds. What am I going to do?" It's insane. I can't meet anybody my own age. Well, nobody's my age, but you know, at least somebody thirty or forty. My goodness. Well, I was hoping my friend Hannah was going to be there, but she had some sort of family emergency. She never came down from Boston. I was very upset. I was really hoping to see her. I was really looking forward to it. But she could not make it. 
It's a real good excuse because <laughs> I, I, I called her. I'm like, hey, what the fuck? You said you were going to be here. And then she's like, oh, this happened. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good excuse. Uh, so there's <laughs> nothing I could do, but I really came in blasting. Hey, man, I thought you were going to. So then at the end of the, so I drank a little bit, right? I guess, I don't know. They had signature drinks. They weren't very good. I don't really like the beer at that place. Their beer selection is not very good. So I had some signature drinks. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't very good either, but I drank. And then I had beer. So I must have had three or four drinks. And then Memo's kid came up. She's like, hey, can you get me a pineapple juice? And I'm like, sure. And so I go to the bartender who's part owner. It's three owners. Memo, uh, the, the little person, Chris, and the, this guy, Corey, who always bartends with a little cowboy hat. I think he's a homosexual. I like pointing that out for no reason. And I said, hey, can I get a pineapple juice? And he's like, sure. And I said, yeah, it's just, it's for... Varen, you know, Memo's kid. Yeah, sure. I'll get you that pineapple juice. I'm like, thanks. Because I, I kind of just, I'm like, the, you know, the girls were, I'm like, do you guys all want, she was with her friends. I'm like, I can get you all separate ones. Like, no, we'll share it. He gives me the pineapple juice and he goes, that's $3. And I'm like, huh? And of course, you know, who cares? I had already paid my bill. So I had to pay again. But you're charging me for the owner's kid's pineapple juice? I texted Memo about that. He never wrote back. I'm dying to know how he feels about that. That's fucked up, right? You're charging. I'm doing a favor for this kid. I mean, I don't mind. Obviously, I'm like, yeah, buy you a drink. I'm not going to buy you a drink for a 12-year-old. I was kidding. And then she wanted a pineapple juice. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. You're really going to charge me three bucks for the owner's kid? Are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck? It's still pissing me off. We know $3 is nothing. It's the obvious principle like you're charging me for pineapple juice for the owner's daughter who you've known since she was little. Either that is a slap in the face to me that he doesn't like me or he's just a douchebag. It's a good reason for not going in that bar. Although that bar is fun and is kind of great, I said I don't like the beer selection and I guess I don't like the bartender either. I like the owner. I mean, the main owner, Chris, you know. I mean, we've known each other for a long time, and I enjoyed talking to him. But that that was weird. Anyway, I leave that place, and what is it? It's Is it early? Is it 8, 9? Maybe something like that, right? Because I got there at like 5.30, 6. So maybe it's 9, maybe it's 10 o'clock, and I, there's no reason for me to be there anymore. I played a couple of pinball rounds, you know, and then I'm just like, eh, I think I'll go home. And then I'm like, you know, my friend, my my friend Lee, remember, I w- straight Lee is gaily and gaily is straight Lee. So gaily was at the bar, but my have to, uh, my friend, uh, straight Lee, I was like, why isn't he here? Because they're friends too. Did he not get an invitation? Because Memo's wife, um, you know, messed up a lot of stuff. Uh, she didn't get it right. And that's. Even though it wasn't a surprise party or anything, I I don't know. Anyway, you know, Lee has the speakeasy in Jackson Heights. And I say, hey, how come you didn't go to Memo's thing? He's like, I didn't know about it. And I'm like, ugh, that's not good. We think maybe he did know and he just didn't respond. I don't know. And I said, you're working now? And he's like, yeah, come by. It's quiet. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. And remember, that's going further out into Queens. I'm like, you know what? Because I was, I guess, drunk enough. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think I will. Why not? Why not? So I get, I get a city bike. Now, this is 
you know, getting a city bike in Queens. And, this is, you know, this is underneath the train tracks. It's disgusting. It's scary. It's right next door to the Boulevard of Death. It's Roosevelt Avenue. If I, if I could only show you pictures of how dangerous it is in general to walk, to drive, especially to bike, you'd be like, no, you didn't. But I did. He goes, yeah, you can park those bike racks right here. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'm drunk enough. I'm going to go for it. It's 20 blocks. But 20 blocks in Queens, which is disgusting. Again, you know, ugh, living there is just stupid. So I get the bike and I go and I'm laughing the whole time because it's so dangerous. There's cars whizzing by and I'm like, I'm just following some of the other motorcycle bikes. And I don't know, just trying to make it alive and being like this is hilarious i don't know why it just is and i finally get there and i i parked the bike then i had to stop and i don't know there's all these indian people it seemed like coming from temple or something so they were like it, it was hard to get through them with the bike and so it's like they were like holding up a i'm like i don't know why it just looked like it was like a saturday night for the orthodox jews coming back from temple so they were, i think they were definitely coming home from like a service or something but then I felt safer for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. And uh, I found up. I had to check where to park the bike. He said it was right in front, but it wasn't. So I had to go like a next block and, and park the bike. And then I went to the place and I saw this guy, Danny McBride, who I've seen for years. He's now working at this bar. He is a comedian. He's actually got a show at the duplex that he said I can do on Tuesdays right after the comedy show. I can go and do the show that, you know, that's a legendary gay place. I think that would be super fun to do a couple of uh, minutes at this uh, duplex place upstairs. I mean, it, there's nothing better than that kind of crowd. So he's sitting outside and he goes, hey, do you want to get high? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, sure. I must have been my Jessica Dan character. I don't know. I guess I was thinking, well, I did my uh, duty. Now I'm just hanging out. We're having a good time. Maybe I'll have some of that delicious uh, Korean fried chicken, you know? I go upstairs. The bar that Lee has, remember, I took, you know, I was there from the very beginning. I'm like, this is stupid. This is stupid. It's so beautiful now. And I sat there and it was empty. And he just makes me drinks. And Danny was so, and then people just start coming in. Like, you know, sweet people from the neighborhood who you just wouldn't think live in this crappy fucking neighborhood. But there's all these nice people that are coming in. And it's all just nice. It's, it's like that bar, like that woman didn't want to have. Bud Light, like he doesn't have beer there. You know, he got me a beer because they have it downstairs, but they mostly don't sell beer there because they don't want those kind of people in it. It's an exotic drink kind of place. He's like, you know, Lee wants you to have a, a signature cocktail. I'm just sitting there at the end of the bar and I'm watching all these people come in. I can't even believe it. The place is packed by the time I leave. It's And it's a, like I said, it's a speakeasy. Nobody knows about it except the people in the neighborhood. It's so beautiful, so fun. Lee ordered some food. He ordered just chicken fingers. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to get the regular, the, the, the delicious stuff. And he goes, I think the place is closed, but you can have mine. And boy, did I. It was chicken fingers with a garlic Parmesan sauce that was fantastic. Because by that time, I was pretty hungry. Oh, my God, that was good. I was trying to stop eating it, but it was difficult. And so I was drinking, and I, I think he made me a shot. And so then I guess I was drunk at that point and a little high. And Danny McBride was so funny. He writes in a, he's the waiter, and he writes in a note, in a composition pad with a feather pen. 
while he's taking the orders and he's like a horrible waiter, but everybody thinks it's funny because that's the kind of place a person like that should work. You know, you don't want them to work at a club <laughs> because he can't carry more than one drink at a time, which is hilarious too. And then he just goes up to leave. All right, I'll have a bee's knees. Damn it, I can't remember what he's saying. It's like he was just saying it out like it's a 1940s club. And it was really funny. And we're just laughing. And I got to tell you, this place, I, uh, I wish you could come to it. It's really delightful. And I can't believe what Lee did with it and how much I made fun that it was going to be stupid and how he turned it into this unbelievable, true speakeasy above of a fried chicken place <laughs> that I was just like, are you nuts? It's really spectacular. I got to say. So that was super fun. And we laughed a lot, had a good time. I think I took some pictures, so I'll have that. At some point, you'll be able to see it. And then he said, I'm going to go home. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to take that seven train because I'm going to have to transfer. I don't want to take the bike, and I definitely don't want to take an Uber. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I can take the E-Train home, um, which goes you know, right to my house. I'm like, all right, I have a lot of other choices here where I am. I'm not at Memos. It's a, it's a more, you know, this is a big hub where this is, this Jackson Heights place. So it's the E-Train, and I totally passed out on the train, which is so dangerous. But I, didn't, I don't think I realized how wasted I was. I was. So when I got back to the city, like, I, I, I don't think I'm, no, I didn't miss my stop. I almost did. I almost did. The doors were open. I was like, oh, shit. And I ran out. And, of course, the, the escalator wasn't working. And if you could see how far down, which I've shown you pictures before on the 63rd Street station about how far down you go to the center of the earth in this escalator. It's so far. And that is the one time I was starting to get a headache. And I had to walk up the escalator. Oh, my God. I really thought I was going to die. I was just, it's a very thin escalator. Nobody can go by. Fortunately, nobody gets off where I get off at that hour. But, yeah, it took me a while to get up those stairs. I mean, I did pretty good, but I really thought I might pass out at the end. Cause it's, I don't know what the footage is of climbing up, but it's pretty far. And to not have the escalator working to go up really sucks. But that whole... On the weekends, everything about the subway sucks. They just change everything because that's where they do all their work. So they have it going Mondays through Fridays a little better. That escalator would definitely be working Monday through Friday. And then, and it drops me off on what? Oh, right. Usually on 3rd and 53rd, but now because they're doing construction, I get a, it's Lexington 53rd. I'm like, Lexington? Well, that's where that Taco Bell is. God damn it. I'm like, what am I doing? And I and I got some of the I got some nachos because I'm an idiot. I hate myself. <laughs> I went to bed. I woke up and worked on Sunday. Totally hungover as usual. My poor coworker. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I um, take my break at 11 a.m. <laughs> because I got to take a nap. And then you know, I wonder when uh, on Sunday I I guess I order food I eat like right after work, like 4 o'clock, and then I fall asleep at 5.30, 6 o'clock. And then I'm, you know, I wake up around 9, and I'm like, why, why can't I sleep? I don't understand. What's the matter with me? Oh, my sleep patterns are a fucking mess. Oh, <clears throat> it really is awful. 
It's my own fault, too, but I'm just uh, having a lot of... My sleep patterns are all over the place. That waking up at 5.30 in the morning is just... Just when it's in your head, you know, on a Sunday when you know you got to do it, and yet I still fall. What am I not? I mean, I'm just going to sit there watching TV, dozing off anyway. I might as well go to bed for three hours, get a good three to four hours sleep, and when I can catch it, I guess, and then try for the best to get three hours later. But it never works like that. Everybody shout. So on Monday night, we decided, me and Chris Murphy, were going to have wings because we knew we couldn't. I knew I couldn't do it the next night, and we're definitely doing it the Monday after because that's going to be the Jets game. So then we're going to stay for the whole thing, but this time we can just go. And I invited people again. I'm like, why do I keep inviting people? Because I always get stuck with the bill, <laughs> and me and Murphy just want to eat the wings and then leave. Like, I don't want to stay for the game, but I keep doing it because I want to have the more the merrier experience, but, I, but then when I'm there, I'm like, now I don't. I don't want to stay any longer than I have to. Like, if you don't come on time and we don't drink, I don't want any more than two beers in the wings at this point on Mondays. Now that I've finally figured out I cannot handle drinking from 4 p.m. till 11 p.m. on a Monday anymore. So we're sitting there. I also invited this girl, Jen, who I hung out, who bought me to the National Art Society because she lives on the block of the Wings place. And she's always like, you got to come over. You got to come home. I'm like, well, actually, I'll be in your neighborhood on Monday if you want to come by this place. And I didn't think she'd come by because, I don't know, I always think she's too classy to come by, you know? <laughs> but so, so we're eating the Wings. And then, of course, she came by while the Wings are there. And I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, now I got to. Say hello. And then, you know, the rest of the wings got a little cold. I'm like, oh, this sucks. This sucks. You know, come on time. It's not all her fault. I wasn't answering my phone because I was covered in wing sauce. So it's not her. It's not totally her fault. But anyway, she comes. And actually, we have a really lovely time. We're sitting at a table this time instead of the bar. And I didn't mind. Murphy's like, are you sure you're going to be all right? I'm like, yeah, you know what? The table is okay today. Because we didn't care about the game. I think it was a stupid Minnesota Vikings game. We just didn't care, and we were just going to leave in the middle anyway, and our friend Tommy wasn't there, but this other guy was there, and he was real nice. And so then she came, and we were having a really nice time. And then, you know, uh, but I had to have that extra beer, or maybe it was two extra beer because she came late. She's like, well, I'll have another drink. I'm like, all right, I'll have another beer. And I'm getting tired, you know, because I know I got to wake up at 5.30 and I woke up at 5.30 the other night and I probably didn't get too much sleep. But then I'm like, well, we'll walk you home because she lives on Restaurant Row in Times Square, which is an insane place to live. But I was like, well, maybe she'll let us up so Chris can see her place because it's so incredible. And she's always like, hey, why don't you guys come up, you know, have a, have a drink? And I'm like, uh, have a nightcap. 
<laughs> Chris doesn't drink, but I do. So we walk her home and we're, you know, we're just going through, we're going down 46th Street. There's Wings places on between 45th and 46th. So we're going down 46th. And it's just, it's just awful. You know, it's just like not, it's not safe, it feels. And she lives in this place. I mean, just that's so unsafe, it seems. I mean, it's called Restaurant Row. And I don't know, you know, you're walking at that time at night. What time is it? 1130. I don't know. We, We go to her house, which is like above, I think a comedy club or something or a Chinese restaurant. I don't know. I think above her house, when you walk in, it says dumpling house. (laughs) like in neon lights and that's the entrance to her place we get there there's bums on her stoop bums whatever whatever they were whatever they were doing they didn't seem homeless but i couldn't tell it looked pretty scary you got to ask them to move which you know especially if she was by herself i would have felt but she must do this every day and then we go up her, her stoop and the land the super is there with all garbage that you can't you cannot enter the house because it's full of garbage. He's stacking up the garbage. It smells. It's gross. We have to sneak in over the garbage to get to her front door. As she's yelling at the super, we're like, I don't have any heat, dummy. He's like, what do you want me to do? Like, it, was, it was really right out of the movies and a classic Just Go in the City moment like you would see in the movies. If you were, if you didn't know anything about New York City, but then when you see it live, it's it's kind of interesting. And as long as it's not happening to you, meaning me, then this is hilarious, right? So we go inside, and um, you know, we have another beer, and then you know she has this patio outside, so we go out there because it's a beautiful night, and we just kind of hang out on this patio, and then all of a sudden, like this guy opens his window and just says, shut the fuck up. Because I guess she, her voice carries, not mine. And, uh, but I guess we were talking, I talked pretty low, but she was talking pretty loud, I guess. But still, you know, I'm like, first of all, that guy could have handled it better, number one. We don't know where it came from. It definitely startled us. And secondly, what are you, a fucking dick? You live in Times Square, dummy. This is going to happen. You know, the fact that you're asleep in Times Square hoping for quiet, you're an asshole. Yeah, that guy's a dick. You live in Times fucking Square. (laughs) Shut up. I'm trying to sleep. Does he do that every night? (laughs) After the people outside his fucking house on the street? I mean, what the fuck? Obviously he does because nobody actually yells out the window and does that except in our favorite movie of all time, Ted 2. I'm starving. What the hell are you doing over there? I'm curing cancer. I'm cooking your fucking steak. What do you think I'm doing? What, what do I think you do? I think you're bleeding us dry is what I think you're doing. Look at this. Look at this. $129 at Filene's basement. What are you buying over there, Tammy? Gold bars? I need clothes for work. All right, Teddy? What do you mean? You, you wear a smock. You're a fucking cashier. Yeah, so are you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not I'm not going out and buying designer shit. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. no. You're t- just buying weed. You're just buying drugs. You should fucking talk. I was talking. I was just talking just now until you interrupted me. Well, I have to interrupt you or else I never get to fucking say anything. Are you going to let me finish You're talking? You're always cutting me are off. Are you going to let me finish talking? You know what? It's are important you let me to finish look good talking? at work, are you okay? Let me fin- I am trying to climb the corporate fence here, Nobody's in there to look at your ass. You're acting like an asshole. What am I acting like, Tammy? What am I acting like? Like an asshole. You don't gotta dress like Elizabeth Taylor to put a yam in a plastic bag. I am the 
face of the business, okay? The face of the business! Jesus Christ, listen to you, you're delusional! I should have married Robert Sajiko, I really should have. Fine, fine, go torture that asshole! He treated me good, and he had a dick, he had an awesome dick! Oh, newsflash, Boston whore has seen Italian penis. What the fuck did you just call me? I said Boston So this night is fascinating because then we, we finally leave because um, and she wants to hang out. She's like, hey, should I call this other guy? We can all you know party a little bit. I'm like, no, no, no. I got to wake up in three hours, please. I can't start, you know, having a great time now. This is just not right. She, she also has like a window. You could knock on the window to her bedroom and say, you know, my other favorite line from Risky Business. Hey, can you get my cousin in from Skokie tonight? Now, you've taken your SATs already. Math, 597, verbal 560. Correct me if my information is inaccurate. Uh, well, yes, sir, but I was um, planning on taking those again. All right. Now, your grade point average is 3.14, your class rank 52, which places you in the 84th percentile. Is that correct? Joe, listen, this is my cousin Ruben. Uh, he's from Skokie. Hey, Jimmy. Can you get him in Jimmy. tonight? N- not now, oh, okay? Joel, he's got to be back by 12 o'clock. All right, later, guys. Right. <laughs> I would be terrified to live there, if I be honest with you. i got to get some more footage. And you can see for yourself, boy, that's real city living. That's real fucking city living, not where I live. That's living in fucking New York City shit, right? You're in it. So Murphy and I continue to go down 46. Now, normally he walks me home, which I tell him he doesn't have to do. He lives all the way in the East Village. So we walk through Times Square, and we usually walk uh, through Rockefeller Center. It's actually a very nice walk, and he goes down 2nd Avenue at the end, like around in the 50s. But this time, you know, because it was late, I'm like, oh, you, you know, let's just walk straight forward on 46 so you don't have to walk me all the way home, which I really hate because 46 kind of blows at least now. So we're walking to 46. We walk, you know, right through Times Square, which is completely hopping um, or hopping. And it's got to be about one in the morning now. And we continue to go down 46. Now, I used to work on Fifth Avenue and 46th, between 45th and 46th. So I've been walking down this road my entire life. Like, I mean, really, for the past 25 years. Go down 46, that's how I'd go home every day. And you go past the Roosevelt Hotel, which is a legendary landmark hotel in New York City. You can see in its glory days in the movie Quiz Show, legendary hotel, which is now home, as I've told you before, to migrants. COVID closed the hotel, and now it is full of migrants. And we walked up 46, and we I forgot about that. No, we were heading to the hotel, and it's it's just gross. It's just disgusting there. It's 
there's all this commotion and nonsense and it's just not kept it's not kept up from the beautifulness that it was there was always carpeting outside and stuff you know what i'm saying i've been to 20 years and it's like it's like um in the simpsons when they got the monorail and then they went to the other cities where this guy scammed everybody into getting a monorail and it's all decrepit and horrible and the tumbleweeds and it's like that so it's sad let alone what's happening there with the migrants however so a lot of them are standing on the street. And you don't know who's a migrant and who's what. And we're looking inside. We can see the doors are open because it was a nice night, I guess. And there's just people sitting there. Then I walk past this place called, I think it was called John Allen's. And I used to have a gift certificate there that people would get me. This was a men's grooming place. It was so fancy. You had to be a member. And you can get you know, a haircut, a manicure, and a pedicure all at the same time and a shave, like like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz getting all that stuff done. And and it was just a men's club, a beautiful, old-fashioned, like trading places men's club where you can get groomed. And now it is just a holding area for migrants. It's real fucked up when you think about it because that place was in... I guess the Roosevelt building, so it closed. I think they might have moved up to my neighborhood and stuff, but <laughs> men's clubs, so stupid. I'd, I'd rather actually go to a woman's salon and have them do that, right? <laughs> right, what am I, gay? Come on. Anyway, I go, I go, Chris, did you see that? Did you see the way it is in there? I, so we go back and we look in and it's all these, I guess, migrants sitting in a seat like you're waiting for the DMV. They're all sitting in chairs, and I don't know whether they're sitting in chairs waiting for processing. Remember, this is at one in the morning, or whether that's their home, but the one thing we definitely noticed was that it was all men. There was not one woman. There weren't any of children there, so this whole thing is getting pretty scary because we don't know who's being let in, and I'm not saying don't let them in. They're, they're trying to skip, but you know, it's like... There does have to be rules because, you know, man, this is just getting real fucked up. How can it be all men? I thought there was families coming over. Where are they? Well, I'll tell you where they are. They're right in front of my building. The other day, I couldn't believe it. They're right in front of my building. They're, they're panhandling, you know, husband, wife, and kid. And I'm just staring at them like my mouth open. I, I just couldn't. That's never happened in this neighborhood before. But what are they supposed to do? You know, I mean, I don't know what the ultimate plan is or where they're going, but going past that place and seeing them all sitting there just like waiting for whatever it was, whether that is there, where they just sit in a chair like you're on the line for the DMV or whether it's actually a processing thing that helps you get into the hotel. And I don't know how they're letting people leave the hotel, where they're going. I mean, nobody knows. It's a mess. And to see it live like that is real fucked up. So then we continue going down 46th Street, go down Park Avenue, go down Lexington. We're just going further and further to 2nd Avenue, which is closer to the UN. And all of a sudden we get to 2nd and 46th and somebody is throwing ice at us from like a tower or something. And that is exactly where the Palestinians are protesting and stuff. This is right exactly by the UN and somebody's throwing something onto the street at us. And there were two other girls there. And I'm like, no, you saw that, right? And then we all had to kind of run for cover. Because 
we're assuming it's ice. It could be glass. This is at like 1.30 in the morning now. This town has become a fucking disaster. Maybe it's always been like this and I'm just discovering it, but it's... We're two men and we were terrified walking home. And when I say men, of course, I'm using quotes. That's just walking down 46th Street. 46th Street, not 146th Street, 46th Street on a random Monday night. And, of course, I want to give the line from uh, High Anxiety. What a dramatic airport. Oh, my. Crazy, right? Crazy. So to be continued, I don't know what's going to happen next week. Who knows? And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. My client, the Honorable Henry T. Fleming, should go right to fucking jail. The son of a bitch is guilty. That man is guilty. That man there. That man is a slime. He is a slime. If he's allowed to go free, then something really wrong is going on. Mr. Franklin, you are out of order. You're out of order. You're out of order. The whole trial is out of order. They're out of order. That man, that crazy, depraved man, raped and beat that woman there, and he liked to do it again. He told me so. It's just a show. It's a show. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Hey, Frank, you want to make a deal? I got an insane judge who likes to beat the shit out of women. What do you want to give me, Frank? Three weeks probation? Damn it. You, you son of a bitch, you. You're supposed to stand for something. You're supposed to protect people, but instead you fucking murder them. You kill McCullough. You kill them. Hold it. Hold it. I just completed my opening statement. A couple more things I want to get out of here. I got so many things I want to tell you, actually. Well, for, all right. So let me just go with yesterday that I had lunch with my friend Jody, who you might remember used to live in my building. We hadn't seen each other for a while. She's full of lupus and cancer and all this kind of stuff, and I can't believe she's still alive. So it was great to have lunch with her. And we were talking about our friend Bob, who you might remember um, is an older gentleman. Actually, he's my mom's age, but he looks amazing. He's lived this amazing life, and he's married to his friend Elizabeth. And this girl, <laughs> friend Elizabeth, this girl Elizabeth, I went to their wedding. Uh, we had pictures from that Tuscany restaurant. Remember, we were all hanging out. And I love him to death, and he's amazing, and he helped get me out of prison. You know, this guy is the, is the shit. So she tells me what I did not know. This is like a Vincent story. That apparently in the mid-'70s to late-'70s, Al Pacino and Bob used to be friends. And I can't believe this when I heard this, that Al Pacino followed Bob around. He was an attorney when he was... Doing and Justice for All, one of my favorite movies of all time. 
Because as you know, I've done the parody on Just Gal for All. So he was shadowing Bob as in a, as a courtroom. So in the courtroom, so when he was doing the movie, he's doing Bob's moves. It's amazing. I'm like, what? I said, How, what, are they still friends? And she goes, oh, no, no, they had a big falling out. And I'm like, why? Oh, my God. He, Al Pacino was in love with Diane Cannon and Bob fucked her. And I'm like, what? Are you? What is that, around the time of Author, Author, the, the greatest movie of all time? <laughs> that only me and my sister and Artie Lang know? Al Pacino and Diane Cannon, he was a, and then, so that, they had a falling out because Bob slept with Diane Cannon. How great is that? This guy, I got to get him on the podcast. I got to get him before, I mean, he's, he's, he's my mom's age, you know, we got to, I got to get him. I got him to spill, like, she wants to write a book called, hello, what about Bob? That makes so much sense. I think he used to be a model. I think I've told you I saw pictures of him when he was just absolutely gorgeous at the Studio 54. This guy's led the life. And boy, would you like to hear about it. He's so cool. I've told you about him before, but I didn't hear that Al Pacino story. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Isn't that great? Anyway, let me just uh, finish off with uh, I've watched a lot of the shows we talked about in that interim episode when I was in California. So I started watching Lessons in Chemistry first, which it turns out is a miniseries. Like I said, they just did not make that clear. Lessons in Chemistry, this huge summer book that every woman read over the summer, um, but I didn't. They made it into a quick miniseries with Brie Larson. So I decided, well, I'll just watch this and then I don't have to read the book. Old school, right? Like I'm in junior high again. It's very good. It's very entertaining. They, it, they come out once a week, so I'm, I think, on the third or fourth episode. That I'm, I'm caught up. Lessons in chemistry. It's not bad. It's a, I, I think it's a fictional tale of a woman in the 50s who you know, knows about chemistry and all that stuff, but she's a woman, so she can't get far. And then meets this nerd, and they get along and get together, and then stuff happens. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but then she has a... Later on, has a very successful cooking show with her chemistry stuff. So I guess that's why the women liked it is because it's also about food and how chemistry works with food. So it's kind of fun. They said it was a little bit of a tough read. I, th- I heard what, what, what something like that, but it's great. So I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it. And then I've watched the new Frasier on Paramount. I've seen every episode so far, and that show sucks, but. Because I saw every episode of the original Frasier, because he's so good, and that cast was fantastic. That was a really good show. You know, you, I can watch that in reruns. I didn't, you, know, you didn't used to, but now sometimes they do. But the new one is interesting. He looks great, I think, and he's playing a college professor at Harvard. So you know, I'm like, well, he he moved to Boston from Seattle, and now he's teaching at Harvard. I'm like, well, you know, as a professor. I understand, you know, so, well, I mean, there is something to that, but the show is awful. It's hard to explain how awful it is, and yet I'm going to continue to watch it. That's how weird it is. The other actors, there's two actors, there's, a, there's a, another professor that's really funny, and the woman that runs the, the school, a provost, I think, or something like that, uh, are very good, and then the person that plays his son is awful. The woman that plays his son's friend is okay and the boy that plays his nephew is just awful so there's a lot of really poor acting 
in it that the original Frazier didn't have because everybody was good in that. You know, Roz was good. Bulldog was good. His father was good. Daphne was good. Uh, Lil is obviously when she'd come by. I mean, everybody was really good in that show, and this show is different. And speaking of which, poor acting. Uh, I find I watched that show Spellbound last night too, which is on Hulu. So fucking stupid about a, a ballerina who finds out she's um, come from a family of witches. And if you want to see bad acting, then watch this show. Just the lead actress. I don't know what her name is. She's black. Horrible actress. Absolutely horrible. Everyone around her is horrible. I, When I'm watching it, I just don't understand. I know I'm not putting my out, myself out there to get work, but... I, I guess this is going to make me push myself because this act, I don't know how these people are working and it's really pissing me off. This is one of the most horribly acted shows I've ever seen. And then I've been watching the Spencer sisters, as I told you I would, because Leah Thompson's in it. And the girl that plays her daughter is kind of sexy too. What's her name? Farber, Stacy Farber, another awful actress now we know leah thompson's not a good actress we didn't care as a kid because she was pretty and that's all that counted but this stacy farber is just such a bad actress and yet i'm probably going to watch every episode i can't explain it there's something about the show that's just easy i guess kind of like frazier that i just don't think about anything else when i'm watching it and for me at this point where i am in my head that's good enough for me like Lessons in Chemistry, I'm enjoying watching it. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the next episode. And it's very well acted, thank God. I mean, Brie Larson's an Oscar winner, so if she sucks, then then she's horrible. But she, she doesn't. I, I, she might not be my favorite character or what she's doing, but or my favorite actress of all time, but at least we know she's a decent actress. I, you know, They don't just give out those Oscars to anybody. <laughs> Actually, I think they do sometimes. Uh, how do you expect uh, Short Round winning an Oscar? What are you fucking kidding me? Short Round? From Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom? That guy's an Oscar winner? You tainted the entire thing. But yes, yeah, such piss poor acting all around. And again, you know, you sometimes you just sit there. I'm like, I need the mindlessness of it. I need the mindlessness. But all these things except for the Spencer sisters, not on regular TV. Why do I keep my regular TV? Well, because I go through those cable channels, man. Once in a while I sit down, I'm like, let me just see what's on right now. I don't want to go to Amazon. God, I watched Thursday Night Football yesterday on Amazon. Takes like an hour for it to get to go, you know, to go and stuff. And then, you know, the commercials on, you can't move anything. I know they, I guess they do it on purpose. It's just so horrible. I don't know. And I really can't wait to get rid of it. $250 a month I pay for that. And now I'm only using the stuff that I'm, you know, Paramount Plus. I got to get rid of it. I got to do it. <laughs> I got to cut the cord. I just can't do it. I don't know why. Anywho. Yesterday I went to the coffee shop across the street and I took a picture. This girl draws, pretty girl who works there, draws uh, chalk paintings on the sidewalk. So I was taking an aerial view of it. And um, yesterday I gave it to her. She said, oh, my God. And I said, listen, this is, I, I put it on a piece of paper. This is my phone number and my email address. You can contact me if you want the picture. I, you know, I didn't want to ask her, give me your number and I'll uh, send it to you. I, I, you know, it was very difficult. But she immediately, like, 
while I was there, like, oh, let me hear. I'm going to text you right now so I can get the picture because I think she wants to start like an Instagram, which she should. I got a picture of her, you know, drawing it. It's really cool watching her do it. But then I said, all right, so yeah, I was watching you do it. But it's like I can't help myself. You know, I'm looking out my window just to see what the weather's like. And then you're there. I'm not trying to stalk you. I mean, you know, the more you say it, the more creepier it gets. But I think she understood so it was kind of funny. You're trying not to be creepy, and yet you're like, I took pictures of you when you weren't watching, and here they are, <laughs> but I knew she would like them because she can't step back and get an aerial view of this, and of course, I believe I showed you this on the bonus show a few weeks ago, and I can probably show you again. That all being said, that's the end of our Halloween episode. Today was scary, right? Oh, my God. There's so much scary stuff going on. Ooh, 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 scary, so scary stuff. Ooh. Uh, so that's our show for the Halloween episode today, 2023. We move into November. I guess our next show's on Election Day. Ooh, scary. <laughs> and... Uh, what do we got on Billy Joel this week? Uh, maybe nothing, because I think we're out of material and we're doing this. Wait, is that? No, no, no. Worst comes to worst. And then I think we have to take a week off because we're not. We had this thing come up. Everything will be explained in the coming weeks. This Tuesday, uh, possibly uh, tonight, uh, possibly Amy Yazbek on the show. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. We always have a good time on Tuesdays. Uh, that'll be on uh, today on Halloween. Uh, otherwise, see you next time on Just Gal in the City. Good night, everybody. Oh.